Welcome to episode 151 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. So, of course, guys, we are back for season five. This is only the second episode. And, of course, I must mention our uh, Black-owned luxury wine sponsors, Michael Lavelle Wine. Um, you can get them at Happy Cork, and of course, all of their information will be on the show notes, and you'll see us sipping this throughout the day, okay? So I'm going to run back a couple of the segments that we did from last season that I know you guys are, you probably are looking forward to. So I didn't do them in our first episodes, but I'm like, I like to run them back, especially when I got the fashion girls in the house. So I do not start any episode without our little segment. It's called This or That. Okay. So you just going to tell me what you like <laughs> over the other. Okay. We're going to throw some little monkey wrenches in there. So let's see. Let's go with it. Um, flare leg or skinny leg? Flare. Side boob or under boob? Under boob. Hoops or uh, studs? Hoops. <laughs> uh, coffin or uh, what is the other one? Stiletto? Yes, yeah, stiletto. A coffin. Definitely a coffin. Um... Motorcycle? No, you got to. Oh, well, maybe motorcycles or trench. I like a trench. You like a trench? And do you like a mini or a midi skirt? I want to say mini, but I can't wear mini, so I'm gonna go. Mini. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Aisha is a fashion model. Uh, first, before I even go into, have you seen Invisible Beauty? No. You know who Beth Ann Hardison is, right? Say it again. You know who Beth Ann Hardison is? Oh, girl, you're going to have to. We're going we to get into it. Okay, we're going to get into it. I'm so, still learning. No, don't worry. So I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you, well, not even how you, you're going to tell me when that fashion bug bit you. Okay, okay. so <laughs> I am from Brooklyn, New York, East New York specifically. Um, I've been modeling for about going on four years, but taking it seriously, two to three. Okay. I started after the pandemic. Um when the fashion bug hit, it's so funny because, and I tell people this, I used to not like modeling. Really? I was a huge tomboy growing up. And, you know, my sister used to live, you know, America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. And I look at them and I'll be like, how can they do this? Blah, 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 blah. And I'll be like, oh, I can never do it. So in college, I did a show. Mm-hmm. And just to do it, my friend was like, yeah, you cut your hair. My hair was short at the time. He's like, you cut your hair. You look like a model. Why don't you go do it? I was okay. like, girl. <laughs> I did it, and after the show, I was like, this is actually, like, something I want to do. Like, I couldn't, after it, I couldn't, I was like, something's missing. When I did a show, I felt very fulfilled. I felt like I'm there, I'm meant to be there. So, when that happened, I was like, I'm going to pursue modeling. So, it's very, it's very interesting. (laughs) Do you ever hear, and uh, I think it's so, well, when I was in college, um, I went to NIU, uh, Mm -hmm. Northern Illinois University, and I wanted to make clothes, right. you know, for the fashion show. But in order to be, like, make clothes for the fashion show, you had to be in the modeling organization. Mm. I didn't want to model. Right. I make clothes. <laughs> but the name of the, the modeling organization was PPMO, Present Perfect Modeling Organization. Mm-hmm. And they did fashion shows, you know, just, like, on campus and stuff like that. And, girl, I tried out. And I think when I used to walk, I used to dig. Like... <laughs> When I walk, like the way then, they had us in there teaching us Model T and how to walk with a figure eight and all these different turns. And I'm just like, I'm going to do this so I can make these clothes. Just to make the I don't want to do this because 
Oh, you know what? I ain't gonna lie. I liked it though. When I got up there, and it's I was fun. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm sure. Like it's not something I'm really interested right. in or whatever. But I got, I really got into it right. to the point where I transferred colleges and I went to Columbia College, Chicago, mm-hmm. and I started my own. Mm-hmm. And it was called FEMO Fashion Elite Modeling Organization, <laughs> and it was the first black-owned organization on campus oh, wow. outside of BSU that I was, I was, I created. And I got enough mm-hmm. signatures created. I got a faculty advisor. We put on an amazing show, and I got a chance to showcase like my brand and like mm-hmm. other. It seemed like all the models were uh, the like dance majors because it's mm-hmm. art school. Right. All of the marketing and stuff like that, and like the whole fashion show production was done by the fashion merchandising majors. We had like the music majors do like the talent for mm-hmm. the show. Like we had like communications journalists do like M seeing so it was really like bringing all of those arts together in like in one, one space and right. it was dope and it all started just from like me wanting to make some just clothes make- <laughs> for a show and it just like end up going you know to a great place I think but um I think that modeling is just one of those things where it's just like it just brings out your confidence right so you find it to be like a confidence booster for yourself when you own that room and you turn it in person <laughs> I get told that so much they be like oh you're so you know you're kind of shy you're kind of reserved but once I'm out there I'm like who was that? that? Where did that come from? I said it definitely did help. And college, you know, I always I I had some low self esteem issues, and you know, going to rehearsal twice a week, mm-hmm. you know, you have people pushing you like I know you can do better. And when you get up there, you know, you hear people clapping for you because urban shows, so people clapping, you know, it's nothing nothing too serious. So when you have people telling you like you can do this, you can you should do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it really boosted me, and then it also helps like. I don't know when it comes to when it comes to especially runway because I do mostly runway. Okay, it's it's like a focus, like tunnel vision when when you're up there, and it's like even you just can't, you're just in your own world. Gotcha. So I know like with modeling, it can be very difficult, especially when we take into effect uh, diversity and inclusion. Mm. You know, and that's why actually you knew who Bethany Hardison was. So. I am going to give you some homework, girl. And this, this is the professor in me. <laughs> I'm, I'm a professor at FIT. So like, this is the professor in me. You got to go watch that movie. So mm-hmm. Beth Ann Hardison is the first black fashion supermodel. Before there was a Iman, before there was a Naomi, before there was a Tyra, before it was any of that, mm-hmm. it was Beth Ann. Um, are you familiar with, um, what's that show? The black show with the A Different World. Mm-hmm. Remember, different word, remember yeah. the guy with the glasses on there? Yes. It's his mom. His mother is a very, very fashion supermodel. So his name is Kadeem Hardison. Her name is Bethany Hardison. Oh, okay. So she was the one. She was the first black woman to have a modeling agency. Mm-hmm. And this was like in the um, in the 80s and in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I saw and her film right now. You could, I think you could catch it because um, it's an independent film. I think they have it on, um, on in Brooklyn now. At first it was only um, in the city. And this was like at the, at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Well, this is in October. This is at the end of September. But she started a company called After Her Modeling Organization and stuff like that. And she had, she's the one who discovered Tyson. Tyson, she was the one who got Tyra her first shows. She started a company called the Black Girl Coalition. So it was nothing but black models in the Black Girl Coalition. And they put out this blast in the early 90s that shook people up. They put out a blast to all of the designers it was a list. Mm-hmm. Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, all these people that did not have black models on the runway. Mm-hmm. And a year later, you see a whole shift right. in seeing more black models on the runway because she did it at first because she was one of the first ones to get in. And then, of course, Naomi 
came in like a little bit after her and then um Iman and all of them were in there and then what happened was she she left the business and when she mm-hmm. left the business it went back down again because you know African Americans is a trend mm-hmm. as happened on the runway right. and on the models like that but then she came back and they held this huge press conference and stuff like that to swing it back around again like what the hell is going on where mm-hmm. they had it and then it went mm-hmm. down and that's like you gotta say I think you'd be so inspired from it and all those women are in that documentary too mm-hmm. Tyra speaking uh, Naomi speaking um, um, Iman is speaking you'd really really like check it out. freaking love it like she's a, and she ain't no joke she don't play. She don't sound like it. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll, I'll I'll show you the trailer before we got here. Like she don't play. So for you in this standage, a lot of this stuff that um, happened in this theater and this film was like uh, late eighties, early nineties, early two thousand. Right now, what are you seeing? Are some of the trends when it comes to exclusivity? Do you feel like there is becoming more opportunity there? Do you feel like uh, a lot of designers are more so embracing curves these days, or like where do you feel like it's lying like today? I feel like. It's so funny. I there is a difference, but it's also not a difference in the sense that people I see designers they would try they hop on you know plus size trend trying to get more plus size models. Mm-hmm. And even though I I am a petite model, I always go for that because I always support that because it's like there's too many sizes for you to only stick to one. Right. Even me myself, I would kind of be to, uh, uh, considered a curved model because of my measurements. Mm-hmm. So what I'm not, size are you? I, my hips are 40. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> my <laughs> hips are 40, waist 29. So they look at me as petite, but when I try on the clothes, they're like... You fill it out really well. I fill it out, or mm-hmm. it's just like, you're a little, a little too thick, a little too on the thick side. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I see some designers only have one or two plus size models, I'm like, that's not diversity. That's not that's not diverse. That's not in- including. You're mm-hmm. just including it because it's a quota to fill. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I see it as. A lot of, um, I realize... In the for Europe, um, for their fashion week, mm-hmm. one or two plus size models, then one black model. It, it's it's like quotas now to fill. They're like, oh, well, as long as I meet this quota, yeah. I'm considered diverse. She gonna say that shit a lot in that interview. <laughs> She's like, no, nah, because they, they got one up there. They they doing exactly. something. <laughs> and that's just not it. And even you know, I say more for urban shows. They're trying way more harder than what you see up Vogue or mm-hmm. you know things like that. And I. I fight for that because it's like, I don't, that's not being seen. Mm-hmm. And I grew up, like, now my hair is short, but I grew up wanting relaxers all the time because I didn't have anyone with Afro hair, you know, represent. Mm-hmm. Now you, you see it yeah. way, way, way more. Way more. I grew up in perms too. Exactly. Uh, I, I didn't go natural, honestly, until I want to say like 27, 28. I'm 35 now. So it's been about about seven, about seven years. Or I'm, I'm about the same. Yeah, like really learning school. to do it. And girl... I've been figuring it out. <laughs> this, I got this bun today, but normally, girl, I have me a sew in because I don't even want to mess with it because I'm just not good at it. Right. But, so it's like you see that, and then it's like a shift. Like you have commercial modeling, you have runway modeling. So mm-hmm. commercial, I feel like is doing is doing great. Mm-hmm. Runway is like they're still not there yet. Gotcha. Would you uh, would you say fit modeling is more commercial, or would that be more runway? Um, fit is. I feel like it could be both because a fit model you have it's the it's a certain size you have to be. So right. yeah. Although they could be diverse in who they're choosing, a black girl, Asian girl, white mm-hmm. girl, when it comes to sizing, it's not inclusive because you have to be the standard size. I believe is five nine size four. Right. 
And I feel like that doesn't make any sense because there's too many too many people out here buying clothes that are not size four exactly. by nine. With certain brands, it shifts because um, you're not on a factory. Yes, yes. Okay, so like I do, I hire a lot of the fit models mm-hmm. for the my clients and my designers, and they often are always asking me, "Well, what should I, what size should I get?" And I'm like, "Your size should be your target consumer." Who are you making clothes for? Right. And they always say they're making clothes for the curvy girl. I'm like, okay, cool. So if you're making clothes for the curvy girl, why do you want a size six fit mm-hmm. model? I can get a fit model in any size. It exactly. doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to be six. They're like, well, I just thought that that was industry standard. And I'm just like, what's industry standard? I hate that word. So I'm like, <laughs> and I hate that word. I hate that. I hate it too, girl. Because it's like, what does industry standard mean? Because what standard that what is industry standard is like a grading rule but that's mm-hmm. just whatever you start at so if your six is different from somebody else's six that's still the industry standard because right. your brand fit is based off of the size that you choose that's why women like honestly i can go in my closet right now girl i got smalls mediums larges i got i ain't got no fours but i got some sixes some eights <laughs> some tens some twelve. Right. i got some fourteens because it just depends on the brand fit. exactly so that whole industry standard thing does not even mean anything it's really based off of who the target consumer is right and for black designers i see more and more they are you know catering to women that have body types like themselves mm-hmm. so of course there's more like curvy women but then you get the ones that are just like on their website they want to go that that standard of what's in the industry exactly so it's just like pick one Mm -hmm. and stay true to yourself Mm -hmm. because you want to be accepted by a particular type of to me an industry that you don't have to be exactly there's plenty of designers out there that are successful and they're doing fine choosing plus size models choosing curvy models choosing whatever they want or just having brands that have models that look like Regular people. Exactly. Because like, this, what you say, 5'9 is what they say, 5'9 five, nine nine. and 4. Girl, what? Who's 5'9? Av- I'm 5'4. The, the average height of woman is five is a 5'4. Yeah, I know I'm 5'4. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, why are we not saying, of course, there's 5'9 women out there, but yeah. to say that's. They're not who, average, though. That's, that's not, not average. average for a woman. Average for a woman is definitely 5'4, five, 5'5. Five, five, five. And that is what the everyday woman looks exactly. like. You know? And even the everyday luxury woman, the everyday woman who shops on a budget, mm-hmm. like they're still within like that height range. Exactly. So um, I have a segment called It's a Success or It's a Disaster. Can you tell me about a time in your modeling career where um, something went really, really bad, but you learned a valuable lesson from it and it made you grow? So, and I feel like a lot of black girls can relate to this one. Makeup. Oh, makeup. <laughs> Beauty industry. <laughs> we need to tap into that. <laughs> I did a show where they did they did the makeup for me. And it was like, uh, it was a very high-end show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for a uh, school in Paris. And I they did my makeup and I brought my own foundation. I was like, oh, no, we have, don't worry, we have your foundation. I will never again trust anyone that says they have my foundation. It was, I was lighter. It was just the, you can tell it wasn't, I know, I don't know too much about makeup, but I know certain colors go well with your skin tone. Absolutely. And they were not picking colors that went well with me. So I felt, I went to the bathroom and I just was like, this can't. Like I do like, my own. I'm this? looking. I'm like, that's not me. My friend next to me, she's like, girl. You didn't look like yourself. I didn't look. I didn't. I didn't feel. I was looking. I was like, that's not me. I would never. I I know how I. I'm not a makeup artist, but I know enough to mm-hmm. make myself look good. And I was like, I can't. 
I, I don't want to fix it because you know it's a thing where they say you can't touch your makeup uh, it's disrespectful to the makeup artist and I'm okay. like well I also felt it was disrespectful to me because this don't even look like me <laughs> this is not me so mm-hmm. I mean I did the show whatever but I have pic- pictures where you just see my face and I'm just not ecstatic about being mm-hmm. there no you didn't one feel confident I did you not have feel, to feel confident. confident when you're the one that's walking down the road exactly and stuff. yeah I get that so it was just you literally was just like so that actually leads me into even just talking about um just like mental health as like Mm -hmm. uh, models um when i had that organization um i had brought in i think it was a designer or whatever and the designer um i wasn't there at the time but one of my models came to me because i was the president and the model told me they was like um the designer was very mean to us very rude Mm -hmm. to us they told us models walk models don't talk like we couldn't speak and i was just like they said he said what and he, like it's just said that they were just like talking and like doing some uh, quite a few quite a bit of body shaming and mm. all this stuff. And I wasn't present at this mm-hmm. when this happened. And I'm like, okay, I have to protect them. You know, this is my organization. Designers that I bring in is supposed to be a part of the show. Are you know they have to be in a certain space. So right. can you tell me about like any encounters that you face where you have to deal with that? <laughs> when I tell you, I literally I kicked his ass out of the show. As you should. As I did. I was just like, he said, what? Oh, okay. You ain't got to worry about that no more because you ain't even all that. We can talk about your clothes if we can do that. <laughs> you know, because I'm like, I'm always going to ride for my people. Exactly. And I'm just like, they're, you know, I'm just saying, it's like, no one's getting paid to this. Like, this is people mm-hmm. volunteering their time. Like, this is a college organization. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just like, hold on now. You ain't paid to be in this show. You're not being paid to be in this show. Why do you feel like you could talk to people or treat people in a type of way? And then... Oh, well, models is models. You are doing a college show. And if they don't feel comfortable in something or, or you know, they have a right to speak up or say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like, I don't like it was a girl and they wanted her something really small with her breasts. I was like, my mom's going to be at the show. At the end of the day, we're still in, they're still in college. Exactly. You know what I mean? So school. I was just like, they have a right to say, hey, if I don't feel comfortable, I don't want to be in this segment with your designs. That's right. okay. And then you don't get a, you don't have a right to talk bad about mm-hmm. someone because they don't want to be in it, or even they didn't. They're just like, I don't want you. I don't. Just very rude, mm. and very much so. He was a f- finger pouring, real rude. And I'm just like, okay, mm. yeah, he gotta go. Don't worry, y'all. I got it. You won't ever see him again. But have you dealt with stuff like that, or been in rooms where you've had those yes. experiences? And how did you handle that? So it's so funny. I did work with a designer one time for a show, and <laughs> for a show, sit Michael Lavelle, y'all. <laughs> sit Michael Lavelle. Okay. Mm. I know Take we, I I know we drinking out of champagne glasses, but we like it regardless. Whatever glass you got at home, drink it whatever you want. But good. you should drink it out of a wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a show with this designer and they were just very it was it was rude. Like at first, it was my first it was one of my first shows. And when talking with like the hosts and stuff, it was like, oh, I need, I need my designs out now. I need it here. I need this. You know, being very demanding. And although I wasn't talking to the models yet, wasn't talking to the models yet at that time, I was like, that's a little bit too much. Like the energy mm-hmm. was already shifting for the show, and everyone feels a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the first. Uh, that was the first time I've seen it. The second time was actually I was uh, attending the show. And I had models that were part of it. And I was like, oh, well, how was, you know, how was it? Like, blah, blah, blah. They were like, oh, they were coming hard at us. Specifically the female models, which I found very interesting. Yes. So, okay. Yes. Found very interesting saying like, oh, you need to be more appreciative, be more grateful. Um, oh, you guys doing this, this, and this. And then to find out they later on go on and talk about the models they've dealt with. Listen, Mm-mm. this is the same designer. So it was just very eye-opening to see like, 
I I dislike when designers do that because at the end of the day, you need us to showcase your stuff. Mm-hmm. It's we're volunteering. You know, a lot of a lot of people know runway sometimes is not paid. Right. So we're volunteering our time and our effort Absolutely. to make sure your designs are seen by everyone else. And and a, and a good model can make or break your design. Exactly. Because it can't walk around invisible unless you do a virtual fashion show. An AI model. But I want to see how it moves. Exactly. And it's just, if you're disrespectful to us or you're going, you know, you're stating your opinions. Of course, everyone is, you're, you have your own opinions, sure. But if you're knowing your base is mostly models and you're going on talking about how constantly models, all models are disrespectful, they're ungrateful. I wouldn't want to work with you. I don't want to work with you anymore if that's how you talk about your models. You can be upset like, oh, some models, yes, you have some that are kind of uptight or whatever the case may be. But talking, you know, talking crap about them Mm -hmm. and then it just makes your energies like, oh, I don't want to work with that person. He's going to talk crap about me if I mess up something as small as whatever. So the industry is small. So you do want to maintain those relationships as fast as you can because... The wrong thing from the wrong person, like, oh, you've worked with this person and, and you've worked with this person, oh, I don't like this person, and it gets around. Granted, everyone has their own experience, and I say mm-hmm. that all the time. Somebody can say, oh, you're you're not a good business person to work with, or you're not this, and somebody can say that, but everyone's experiences are different. And exactly. I think that's a, as a whole, like, you could have had a great relationship with somebody, and then you could have had a bad relationship with someone else. So we, we hold on tight, definitely tight to our relationships, you know, as a whole, but... Your experience and somebody else's experience is going to be completely different. Exactly. Girl, just check my Google reviews. <laughs> and some people got me five stars, and some people like, I don't even want to give them a one star. And wow. Like, well, <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> That's your opinion. That's your experience. But it's two sides to every story. Exactly. You know, you know? And then these stories, they they, they are always the your side, mm-hmm. their side. And then there's the and truth. Exactly. Absolutely. It was it was just it was very interesting to see it unfold. It was interesting to see someone start you know, it was like a thing of a starting off humble and then you see people they get up here, oh, yeah. they start it was one of those situations I just was like, Oh my god. Like it was sad to see. Yeah, definitely. So as a model, would you say that um beauty standards and like the the talk of beauty or looks is like a a, a big thing um like do you feel like you're ever like discriminated against because of your look or though you like your hair or anything like that um i would say i feel like when it comes now they're trying i see more emphasis on trying to find more average looking people okay. so it's not it's not, you know, the perfect, perfect face, the perfect, uh, you know, jaw, nice jaw, high cheekbone, just like that, <laughs> exactly like that. Mm-hmm. I see more of a, a look for more everyday, everyday looking people, someone you can see on the street and be like, I relate to them, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm thankful for that because uh, not everyone is gonna have the a model look. No one's gonna have right. that perfect face. I per- doesn't to me it doesn't exist. Right, perfect face doesn't exist. So I see. When regards to the beauty, they are they are they are doing what they have to do. I like that. Okay. I see more castings asking for. We just want someone. They even ask for models with no experience. They okay. want someone who's real. And I feel like we need more of that because then it helps get the industry. It makes it more inclusive, not more, not to gatekeep, not to exclude people, because that's what make. At the end of the day, if you want average people to like your things, you have to cater to the average, average people. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So I have our last segment before we, well, 
before I say the last question, <laughs> I have a question. Who is your favorite supermodel? I'm like, this is typical. I'm gonna say Naomi. <laughs> oh well, it ain't typical because some people say Tyra, some people really? say Nas, and some people say Beverly Johnson. I so Tyra's your favorite. No, you said Naomi. Naomi, Naomi. see, Na Tyra's a lot of people's favorite though. Really? Yeah. I like Naomi because I feel like when it comes no to shit. her walk, that <laughs> that she's very straightforward, very honest, and when it comes to her walk, like I, I I'm in love with her walk. I absolutely, I love the attitude, I love the confidence, and that's what I don't strive to walk like walk like Naomi mm -hmm. but I do try to have such confidence and even even beyond that of Naomi Gosh. and I feel like I embody that so watching her is very you know it's very it's mesmerizing girl <laughs> I, I don't remember what clip I saw but I saw a clip one time and this girl was talking about you know she was comparing herself to Naomi mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and girl Naomi was just like Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't you ever compare yourself to me. Oh, was that when she did that show? Yes. Okay. She said, don't you ever. Yes, I remember. Compare yourself to me. And I want to say, girl, I had to have rewinded 10 times because I was hollering. It was, Because she was like, like, bitch, no. Don't you ever. And the way that finger went up. And the way them, uh, girl, don't you ever, and that accent came out mm -hmm, so, so strong. Thick, don't you ever <laughs> compare yourself to me. And it was oh my God. hilarious. She is hilarious to me. She, like, no, she is funny. I think that mother, I call her mother sometimes. Mother is funny. She's, she's she hilarious. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. So, um, last segment is it's a muse. So if you could share um, a prayer, uh, a mantra, an affirmation, a book, a ritual, anything that continues to keep you motivated, even when you're feeling discouraged or knocked down, that you like to share with another creative. Um, hmm. What do I usually say to myself? Sometimes I do find myself comparing myself to others. You know, you see, you know, I'm very, I'd be like, oh my God, congratulations. You know, you did this and this. And I'd be like, okay, when, am, when is that going to be my turn? In order to stop myself, I always say like, it's always going to be my turn. Even when it's not my turn, turn. it's like always going to be, be my, my turn. turn. You're always going to have, have yeah, you're always going to have an opportunity. You're always, you're, something's always going to be there. You know, you have the, when one door closes, another one opens. So I feel like every door is open for me and I just get to choose which one I want to go to. I love that. It's always going to be my turn. It's always going to be my turn. Even when I feel like it's not, I gotta tell myself it is. Cause sometimes I and I say it, and next thing you know, it's oh, we got, you got this, this, this come. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Mm. And <laughs> I like just because you said that opportunities follow me wherever I go. Exactly, wherever I go, the opportunities are right behind me. And we all have the ability to create our own opportunities. Exactly, I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much, Aisha, for thank joining you for me. me. Uh, of course, I'll put all of your information in the show notes, but if you just want to go ahead and uh, tell people how to contact you and uh, how to book you, you need to also get on my Rolodex because I hire fit models all the time. <laughs> you got to send your, your headshot and your measurements to us so we can have you in there because we're always booking fit models at LC. But yes, throw out your social media handles okay. so people know how to contact you. So my social media handle for Instagram is nyc.iesha, N-Y-C, Aisha. Um, to book me, you just email. I have my, um, on my Instagram, there's email. You have WhatsApp through my number. Um, also, I'm also on TikTok. You know, I do a little TikToking. Um, <laughs> oh, she do a little TikTok. She do a little, a little get ready with me. So wait, hold on. Before we, before we get on out of here real quick or whatever, what is, I guess... 
I like to say, what do you feel like is the three things that every woman needs in her closet this fall? From a get ready with me. Let me. <laughs> Go ahead, these boots. <laughs> these boots are from Steve Madden Archers. They're yes. very comfortable. They're very they're very sleek. Yeah. I'm about to. We like a either a, a knee boot. I love a knee boot. A thigh high boot. Go ahead, girl. I, so these this is the it's Archers. Okay. Um, closet definitely. What else I'm gonna say for full? Definitely a cardigan. A little cute cardigan. Something something cute. This is. The weather's been crazy lately, so that's why I got this right, on. But today, I was like, what's that? 80 degrees on, today. I got on shorts. <laughs> but, <laughs> but in a regular fall weather, definitely a cute little cardigan. Um, there be little fluffy ones that you see. I own navy. Those cute ones, you style it really well with the boots. <laughs> with the and boots. some and uh, a pair of leggings, little fle fleece leggings are definitely in. I'll say definitely fleece leggings. I love that. It always goes, it goes with everything. Everything. All right. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to episode 151 in season two of the Black and Fashion Podcast. And as I always say, stay black. Peace out. <laughs>